It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Yes, it's a Friday, June the 3rd for 2022, coming up in just a moment, the all-familiar voice on a Friday of Rich Harvey, and a great talking point today is capital growth versus cash flow and why you don't have to choose between them. But first, let's have a look at your weather around Australia. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au And first we go to Sydney expecting a late shower or two. Sorry, I can't be more specific from the Met Service. Very ambiguous this morning. Expect it to turn up at some stage. 17 degrees. Melbourne, it was cold last night in Melbourne. Also expecting one or two late showers. It's going to be cold during the day. Just 13 is your high. Brisbane also expecting some showers becoming more frequent, a high of 22, and Perth is the place to be today, cloudy but dry, and a high of 19 degrees. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. And looking back on this day in the history books for June the 3rd, it was on this day back in 1989, the beginning of the Tiananmen Square massacre, as Chinese troops opened fire on pro-democracy supporters in Beijing. Actually, I got to go to China in 2018 and one of the places I did want to go to was Tiananmen Square and it was a very sombre, strange affair standing in the middle of Tiananmen Square remembering Tank Man back on that day standing up to those tanks. Of course, he was never seen again. Somebody celebrating their birthday is tennis player Rafael Nadal. He's turning 36. He just seems to be getting better with age. You know, there was a time, what, 10, 15 years ago, you'd never dream of playing tennis, although there was Jimmy Connors, and he gave up professional tennis at the age of 43. Muhammad Ali, it was on this day that he died. He passed away in 2016 now, and perhaps if you haven't seen that, that's a film to watch over this coming weekend. Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey. And it's a good one we're having a look at today, capital growth versus cash flow. Why do you have to choose? There are some very well-versed truisms that apply to property investing, and arguably one of the best known ones is location, location, location. Another that's often quoted is you can either have cash flow or capital growth, but not both. But is that really the case? Is that true? Does there need to be a trade-off between yield and capital growth? Well, to help me explore this topic, as always, we have Rich Harvey, CEO and founder of propertybuyer.com.au joining us. Good morning, Rich. Here we are once again at the end of another week and a brand new month. Yeah, good morning, Craig. Great to be with you again. Yeah, it's always been a pleasure to join you on the show. And we've got, you know, the government seems to have formed a majority. Hopefully it's going to be business as usual. And it seemed like a a long two weeks, didn't it, to form this uh, Albanese government? Well, there's always the voting always takes so long. It seems ridiculous that they don't have a faster voting system, but apparently like almost one third of people voted before the election this time. There was a huge number of postal and absentee votes that they had to count to get a result. 
All right, well, let's kick into today's subject. First off, perhaps a a really good starting point is to explain to the audience the definitions of both capital growth and cash flow as it relates to property investing. Yeah, sure. Well, look, let's cover off the fundamentals first, Craig. So property investment generally returns a return for the landlords two ways. One is through rental return, that's your yield, and the other is through capital growth. So the yield or the cash flow, that refers to the income that your property is generating. And it's normally expressed as yield, which is a percentage of the rental income you earn for every dollar of the property's value that you purchase. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you buy a property for 600000 and the tenant pays you $500 a week. That equates to $26,000 a year in rent. So what that means is that'll equate to an annual gross yield of 4.3%. So that's how we express yield or cash flow. On the other hand, capital growth or capital gain is expressed as a percentage of the property's value. If you bought that property for 600000 at the start of the year, and in 12 months time, the property had risen to 660000 that's a $60,000 gain, that's a 10% increase in capital value. So they're pretty simple concepts to understand. And do you agree with the argument that you can't have both capital growth and cash flow? What do you think is better? Look, I disagree. I think you can have both. You can have your cake and eat it too, but to different degrees. You know, you can't always get both capital growth and cash flow in the same property in the same location, depending on where it's located. So I believe that smart property investors can get both if they know where to choose the right location and match the right property type in that location. The key, Craig, is choosing the right asset and choosing the right location. A lot of people cannot afford to negative gear. They can't afford to make a slight rental loss every every week or every month because they need that cash flow to service the loan. Whereas people on higher incomes can afford to negative gear and potentially go through that particular strategy. My position is that you should be seeking a balance in the market. It's no good overextending yourself to try and buy a really expensive blue chip property in a really top suburb if you can't afford to hang on to it. Um, So I think it's really important for investors to consider what sort of strategy is going to work for them. You need a good mortgage broker, you need a top buyer's agent, and you should also have a financial planner in your corner, giving you an overall financial plan to create that wealth that you're looking for. And Rich, this next talking point is very important for investors, or even if people are just thinking about it, and that is how can you get both capital gain and cash flow in the same investment? So you're asking me, Craig, for the, for the magic pudding sauce, right? <laughs> okay, okay, let's try and unpack this a bit. Well, look, firstly, it's paying the right price. The first thing is that you make your money when you buy, not necessarily when you sell. So if you pay the right price in the first place, the return it delivers will, will fall into place for you. But if you overpay, you're going to lose on both fronts. You're always trying to play catch up for that property. I look for areas where there's a really strong yield. In terms of cash flow, I want to know that there's a really good pool of renters out there, that it's an area that's got strong amenity, close to shops, schools, transport, and there's not going to be a high vacancy rate. You know, Brisbane's got a vacancy rate of 0.7. Sydney's got a vacancy rate of about 1.2. Some of the regional areas almost have a 0.1% vacancy rate. So that doesn't always last that way. So look for the vacancy rate and the long-term vacancy rate is a key. There's also got to be a range of industries supporting the economy in a local area. So you can go out to mining areas and get very, very high cash flow, but you might find that the capital growth might be lackluster or very volatile. So I look for really sustainable yields and sustainable rentals. The other thing I look for is for properties that have got the ability to add value. I look for the ability to do, say, a renovation project or particularly to to add value like another bedroom or extend the property, an extra living room. 
But the things that drive the gain is scarcity. So I look for properties that have got good land content, good proximity to those amenities, and an area that's tough to buy in. So you want low days on market, you want strong internet demand, you really want to know that there's a a range of owner occupiers that want to move into those areas. So I've actually got around 20 different criteria that's on my website that I apply to, to each of these asset selections. But it is important for investors to get a balance between both of those things. And Amy, I think you've got a question. Yes. Hello, Rich. What should you do if your investment property is not performing well? Yeah, great question, Amy. First thing I would do is if your property is showing lackluster performance, then do a performance review. Just like if a staff member is not performing, do a performance review. It's something you should even do regularly on a 12-monthly basis. First thing I do is check that the rent you're receiving is the correct market rent. If you haven't revised your rents in the last 12 months, you'll be mildly surprised. Rents have risen around 10% and that will significantly boost your yield. And if you get any kind of pushback from your property manager and says, look, oh, I don't know if the tenant can afford it, it's not about that. It's about what the market can afford. Because if that tenant can't afford, they should move out and you get another tenant in place. The second thing, if the capital growth has been lackluster and it hasn't grown in value, and it perhaps has very, very little prospects of growth, then it could be time to review that opportunity to sell the property. But what I'd caution people there is don't sell out too quickly if you've just bought the property. You've got to be patient as a property investor. And I've said this many times on this podcast. Sometimes property can be very forgiving in the long term. So just wait long term because capital growth does come. It's really important to ride out those seven to 10 or even 12 year cycles and make sure that you you hold that property. So you get the, the magic of compound growth over time. Yeah, some really good points. And what's your preferred method for selecting investment properties? And how, more importantly, do you focus on the growth or yield? If you look at what drives capital growth, we mentioned before the blue chip location, strong buyer appeal, unique elements, you know, close to a city or a waterfront position, they're all things that will really constrict supply. And home buyers in particular really prioritize that sort of proximity to, to location. On the other hand, cash flow positive properties are those with really strong tenant appeal, and they could be in sort of the outskirts of the cities, regional areas, or some sort of boom towns. But it's also the layout, the number of bedrooms that you've got in the home, because the more bedrooms you've got, the higher the rent that generally applies. As I said, there's no one size fits all. Your individual strategy is going to depend on your financial position. I like to have a mix, Craig. I like a mix of positive cash flow and high growth properties. The positive cash flow is great for the providing serviceability. The banks really love to see strong cash flow, and it helps me to hold and service the property and provide extra income to pay down the loan and provide serviceability to buy other properties. But on the other hand, it's the capital growth of the property that really accelerates your wealth position. You know, if you get a positive cash flow of, say, five grand a year, that's great. But if I can get a capital gain of 100,000 or even 150,000 or more a year, that's just a phenomenal amount of growth in one year. That basically is, is manufacturing equity that then provides the deposit for my next property. And that's how I've built my portfolio. Each time I've got additional capital growth, I go back to my broker and I say, look, this property's gone from 600 to 700 or 750. I'd like to use that money and draw that down as a deposit for my next. And then I recycle my equity to get to the next one. You know, I've bought properties where I've covered in a balcony area to create an extra bedroom. I've added granny flats, carved off the back of the house to make a separate dwelling. And getting that secondary income to really boost the rent has really done wonders for my portfolio. You don't have to choose between capital growth and cash flow. 
getting something particularly that's got a stronger yield is going to be really important for investors as we go through this environment of rising interest rates as well. Good on you, Rich Harvey. Plenty of talking points, takeaways from today's podcast. I know it's a Friday, so you will be no doubt extremely busy today as we head into the weekend and enjoy a couple of days off. Looking forward to it, Craig. Thanks again, as always. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.